Welcome back to the Lily Kate Show. I'm so glad you're all here today. This past week, I was on a long car ride with my boyfriend, and we were listening to the Heck Off Kami podcast hosted by none other than John Doyle himself. John Doyle is an incredible, a reasonable, a very sharp thinker, and among his seemingly unscripted long-format videos he posts on his YouTube channel, he has done a whole lot of good for men in the conservative movement. He's really anti-porn. He's pro-masculinity, and he's always telling men to be better so that society will actually change. And you might recognize that that is very similar to the arguments and belief that I hold, except mine are directed toward women. As an extension of what he's done for men, it has also been really good for women. John Doyle, honestly, I think will be looked back at as one of the greatest minds and communicators and thinkers of our time. They're going to look back at Generation Z and be like, why didn't people listen to this guy? He was right about virtually everything everything. There is one thing that I generally have a gripe with with conservatives, and they need to do a little bit better at communicating some specific ideas, and that would be the value of femininity and the value of conservative women. And of course, my mission as a conservative activist and a Christian and my obligation I feel to leave as a legacy for the world is to reinsert a spirit of femininity, reinsert appreciation and feeling of necessity for femininity in our society because I believe that women set the societal standards and men will always follow. During John Doyle's podcast, he cast the very real similarities between liberalism and Satanism is the title of the podcast. And he's talking about the feminization of men. He's talking about feminism. He's talking about transgenderism. He's talking about abortion. And but there are a few times where he says something that could come across as questionable toward women. And here's one of those examples. Left-wing thought is rooted in chaos, revolution, femininity, whereas right-wing thought is rooted in order, tradition, and masculinity. <laughs> and on the face of hearing that, you're like, what the actual heck? What does he mean? Women are inherently left-wing. All women are left-leaning and all women are leftists. And I beg to differ. And here's why. Sure, people tend to associate being more emotional, being more empathetic, compassionate with the Democrats. Or in his podcast, he talks about Satanists and leftists. But of course, there are women who have right-wing opinions, who have right-wing thoughts, who can listen to the facts and logic, who will stand by biblical morals. And of course, there are men that slide to the left, that use their empathy, that are scared of COVID for some reason. But it's a very dangerous statement saying that femininity is inherently left-wing and masculinity is inherently right-wing. Because if you have too much masculinity, all you have are tyrants and wars and bloody murder. But if all you have is femininity, then all you have is pity parties and passive aggression and cruelty and gossip. And you all know how high school drama is. And so what I'd beg to say is not that I want all femininity to be representing the right wing side of the aisle, because I don't believe that's true. But what we do need and what we need to strive for in our society is actual balances of power of both of those. You can't have one without the other. They balance each other out perfectly. So what we need to actually stay in the middle and, and adhere to Christian and conservative values is a balance of both. Men need good women and women need good men. I also chopped up a few more, and here are some other examples that may come across as unhelpful for women and men uniting in the conservative movement. There's a reason that Milo used to say that feminism is cancer. It doesn't stop. Feminism is just a form of Satanism when you think about it because it promotes the idea that the sexes are equal when they're not. They were never intended to be. Feminism is unnatural. It's the complete inversion of reality. And in order to achieve something close to an equal outcome, women now have to be elevated above men in society, which is satanic and unnatural. Women above men is chaotic and wrong. Men are leaders. 
<laughs> so any person that subscribes to major feminist doctrine or even first wave feminist doctrine will be totally triggered by what he just said. And of course, women and men are equal before God. And I know he agrees with that. It just may come across as a little bit hard handed. And so we need to aim to reflect that in our society. If women and men are both going to stand before the throne of God one day and be judged for their sins. And Paul even asserts in his writings that there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no male or female. There is no slave or free in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, right? Doesn't that assert that there is value, intrinsic value in every human outside of what genitalia, skin color, nationality, etc. that we have? And Ephesians 5, actually, you know, the wives submit to your husband's chapter and then husbands be able to sacrifice yourself for your wife. We forget to read the third verse in that. And it says that we are supposed to submit to each other. And if you're submitting to each other, does that not mean that you have equal value and equal representation? and equal but different responsibility. Obviously, equal in ability and strength and emotional fortitude in able to care and bring children into this world, men and women are not even nearly on the same page, right? I always say that comparing men and women to each other and trying to fight for which one has more value in society is literally like fighting for, oh, you know what has more value to humans? Air. Oh no, what has more value to humans is food. Like you can't really do that because both are so pivotal. I typically don't compare men and women together because I believe that there's not enough similarity to be able to compare them. And so all that to say, equal value and different responsibility, that should be the conservative understanding of women, not that women are elevated above men or that men are elevated above women. Just because men are leaders doesn't mean that you necessarily need every person to be a leader for society to function correctly because you need moms, you need women who are solid, you need feminine women to give men the reason to actually fight and build and construct an amazing society. And I'm also not saying that women can't do those things either. Just typically, yes, we fall into different roles, but of course that does not reflect on our value as human beings. This is why, as you're probably all recalling right now, that the most narcissistic people you will ever meet in your lives are all leftists because left-wing thought breeds narcissism. It destroys civilizations, whereas right-wing thought breeds sacrifice and it builds civilizations. And obviously what left-wing thought has birthed is this radical second and third wave feminism. Feminism now has done so much destruction and so much harm to women, men, society, babies. It's really indescribable. It's not only destroyed families and torn them apart, but it's literally led to this charge and change in gender redefinition to sex redefinition to abortion to the whole idea of women's superiority. So I agree with him that obviously the bad parts of feminism rose out of left-wing thought, which left-wing thought always erodes and destroys society is never capable of creating something and building something that is lasting and productive. I just don't agree that femininity coming from strong conservative women is necessarily left wing. What is left wing is the feminization of men. And he pretty much concedes this point in this next clip of what he says which is also, if it feels good, do it. And it has been forever. Just like in the Garden of Eden, Satan is luring you away from God with the promise of gratification. And it's just like in Genesis, it's the feminine energy that is the most susceptible to this. Women and weak men, the literal coalition of the global left. Now we know that the feminization of men and what feminism tries to do to women is make them more emasculating. We know that is against God's natural laws, God's natural purpose, and the fight against reality. I'm rooting for reality. Reality is always going to win. We know that that is what left-wingers try and 
women do, but asserting also that feminine, femininity, women, whatever, inherently is something that will lead to left-wing destruction is unhelpful for conservatives because what we really need to be doing is encouraging the maximum expression of both femininity and masculinity in our society, in our households, in our families, in our communities, because we do not have a balance without it. And by the way, that will also fight against this radical trans ideology. Not only that, it will actually yield financial prosperity. It will encourage marriage. It will make people happier, more secure in their roles, anxiety, depression. And I believe suicide rates would go down if we actually just started to embrace our natural femininity or masculinity and actually decided that marriage is a priority. But, you know, that's besides the point. And mind you, the original sin, I don't believe was Eve being deceived. I believe it was Adam being passive, Adam not stepping up because Adam was right right there, right shoulder to shoulder with Eve when she ate the fruit and caused sin to come into the world. But Adam didn't do anything. Genesis 3 describes that his passivity, his failure to say, I don't think this is a good idea. Let me be the protector. Let me be protecting her from something that I know is wrong. He was equally as deceived as her. So it's, it's not blaming it on one. Eve was just the first one who actually took a bite of that apple. But Adam had every opportunity leading up to that. Her conversation with with the serpent and when she reached and grabbed the apple to the moment that she took a bite of it or you know could be an apple could be a grapefruit I don't know he had every moment and every opportunity to say hey let's not do this I want to protect us I'm going to protect you as my divine calling but he failed to do that as well so it's not as clean cut as all women are the reason for sin and all women are inherently going to allow leftism into our corporations into our government into our families I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that so my dad was a pastor for 12 years in one of those homeschool Southern Baptist churches that are notorious for church splits and angry homeschool parents. So that was literally my childhood. These churches are commonly the ones where people have the most gripes and say, oh, that that is the type of church that is so sexist. Oh, that is the type of church that emphasizes a patriarchy to the disparity of women and to, to oppress all women. The sole role of a patriarchy is to oppress all women. And the idea that women, of course, need to be controlled is a fairly toxic idea. My dad had to help people cast other guys out of the church because they believed that they had full and entire control over their women. They said, if I tell and command my wife to do this, then she has to go do that. It's her biblical obligation. Obviously, that is not true. If we're supposed to be equal value, equal representation and equal before God, then shouldn't we be treating each other that way, which is the point that I made earlier. But the idea of women are the gatekeepers to all sin is extraordinarily harmful to the relationship and the model relationship that we should have between men and women. The idea that women have to be controlled and regulated by men is totally counterintuitive because assuming that all women are going to necessarily do the wrong thing and all men necessarily are going to do the right thing is just not true. And not to say that women shouldn't choose to submit to their husbands and husbands shouldn't choose to love their wives, like it says in our favorite chapter in Ephesians 5. And so commonly what happens is right-wing men assume that all women are going to be avid feminists. They assume that all women are going to be defiant and, and boorish and brutish and cut their hair short and sit with their legs uncrossed and be ugly and deny life to their children, right? That is what right-wing men now assume all women are going to do. I want 
want to make it my mission to fight against that. And I hope that in my personal life, I'm doing a good job at fighting against that, inspiring other girls to fight against that. We need more mutual understanding between us that, yes, we both want good things in life. We both want to uphold traditional Christian morals. We both want to work together to create this flourishing society. But assuming that all femininity from, as I said, conservative women, strong women, Christian women, is necessarily a bad thing and and femininity weakens a society is so toxic, so unhelpful, and grossly untrue. And I'm, I'm also not saying that John Doyle himself is saying all the things that I'm asserting, but those are the logical conclusions if these comments are in the context he meant them and taken to their extreme logical conclusion. All I'm asserting is that women and men both are extraordinarily important. Men are not inherently white, right wing and women are not inherently left wing. It's way more complicated than that. And blaming women and trying to control women because all women are going to do the wrong thing just because Eve did it in the garden is faulty reasoning and as I said, grossly untrue. And that goes for the other side too, right? Women, if you're going to assume that all men are rapists, all men are tyrants, and all men are going to do the wrong thing, like avid feminists and people who champion the Me Too movement, what they assume is exactly that, that all men are evil. I mean, come on, the hashtag kill all men has been trending on Twitter multiple times before. That is destructive. That is terrible. And that needs to be a fix in our completely intoxicated intoxicatedly feminist society. We need to really, really work on that and really understand that men and women are stronger together and we complement each other. We don't belong to each other until you're married, right? You don't belong to anyone until you're actually married. You belong your body, your soul, your spirit belongs to God and that's it until you get married and you, you know, two flesh become one, right? We need to understand that setting the sexes at war is so completely unhelpful and right-wing men asserting that all women need to be controlled because some women are feminine And on the flip side, women assert that all men need to be controlled because of their primarily hunting, their primarily sexual, their primarily uh, masculine nature is also really destructive. So all that to say, I love what John Doyle says a lot of the time. Here's just where I feel as if women can step up to the plate, fill in a little bit of color and restore some men's hope in actual good feminine women. We're missing that in our society. We are missing good women. That is why typically men will start to associate femininity with really bad things and destructive things and left-wing thought because femininity, vitalizing, life-giving, unapologetic, beautiful femininity is no longer present in our society. But here's something really funny and really true that he said in his comparing liberalism to Satanism video that I'll leave you with. Now, a common objection to Christian morality is the smugness and sense of moral superiority that we've seen a million times before with Christians. But I would offer a few counterpoints to that. Firstly, pride is a sin and we're all sinners and it's unrealistic to want to worship alongside people as without sin as you may think that you are. Secondly, I don't even think that this is a Christian problem. I was thinking about this recently. I think it's just a woman problem. Like I've never seen this from men at the church. It's always the white women. It's always the black women and sometimes the Hispanic women, but I would argue that it's much less common. And it's like, you look at that same sense of moral superiority when it's not happening in the church and it's the same people. It's the white liberals, it's the black liberals, et cetera. It's liberal feminine men and women. So let's be clear. It's not a church problem. It's a woman problem. Okay. Okay, I'll give them that one. There's nothing like a woman scorned. There's nothing like the passive aggression that can come from women who say, hey, sweetie, 
Um, you did that wrong. Um, hey, sweetie. Yeah, we know we're all guilty of this, girls, and we need to work on that. But I would also like to say that the solution to that is femininity, is heartwarming, gentle, loving femininity. And so just because we have let and allowed masculating women infiltrate our churches and and be the representation of what church Christian women are like doesn't mean that we can't fix it. So let's start to fight radical feminism with radical femininity, which <laughs> is a speech that I take to college campuses. So femininity is is not something that is profitable or, or marketable. It's something that children need, that men need, and ladies, our men need us more now than they ever have before. Because if we're going to make a difference, we're gonna stop, have to stop infighting between the sexes and comparing ourselves to each other. And we're gonna have to start joining together and actually realizing like Hillary Clinton said in 2016 that we are actually stronger together. So women, I wanna call on you to be women again. And I know we're talking about freedom, but feminine freedom is a thing too. And feminism is not gonna deliver that to you. So ladies, be a woman, be loving, be gentle, be kind, inspire the best out of your men, because if you don't start inspiring the best out of your men, they're going to keep sucking. So I think what we need to do really is invent a new sexuality that is called, well, I don't have a name for it yet, but what it means is representing women embracing their femininity and men embracing their masculinity. We should come up with a flag for it and parade that around once you consciously make the choice to make women great again, make femininity great again if you're a woman and the same for masculine men and masculinity. Because trust me, as a girl who has a boyfriend but whose friends are all in the dating market who are all off at college, the worst and most disheartening thing is when there's a nice masculine man looking for a feminine woman and he cannot find her. Or if there is a gorgeous feminine woman who is looking for someone to protect her, someone to love her, to provide for her. And all she can find are these weak, pathetic men who have shoulder sizes that are like less than her shoulder size. <laughs> it's really disheartening for my friends to see. And it's really disheartening for me to see because when I look at a man and he's weak, he is like chicken legs, he cries a lot. That's disheartening. Because you look at him and you're like, oh my gosh, what will you ever accomplish? If there was a burglar in the house, you'd probably sacrifice your wife and tell her to go out with a baseball bat and look and see what's happening for the danger. But ladies, our men are a reflection of the standards that we have set, the men we have raised, the men we expect them to be. And we are a reflection of the standards that they have set for what they want in a woman, what they want in a wife. And it's pretty sad to see because we're all kind of pathetic right now. Girls set a higher standard for yourself and set a higher standard for the men in your life because they will rise to the occasion and vice versa. To finish really buffing out this topic, I'm going to have a lady, a beautiful lady, called Haley Ryan Hurst. She's a freshman at the University of Oklahoma. She's actually double majoring in political science and journalism and a minor in international studies on the track to pre-law. So all that to say, she's basically Elle Woods, but like political and can write and basically going to be an international negotiator. She is also, actually in 2020, she won the title of Miss High School America and traveled to 23 states to share her anti-bullying book and hosted her own very empowering Lifestyle National Conference, which, of course, she'll talk about later. Haley is actually with Phi Beta Kappa Sorority. Also to add on to this repertoire, a sports broadcaster for Game Day News and OU Nightly. She's a member of the OU Turning Point USA chapter, as well as she serves as an ambassador for Turning Point USA. So basically, all that to say, she's freaking fantastic. And here she is. Mm -hmm. 
I'm doing good. Great. How thank are you? you? Thank you so much for being on. So I want to just jump straight in and ask you, in your opinion, how has radical feminism lied to and hurt women? I think it's definitely cast a major shadow on, you know, a, what being a woman is all about. It's about having a family. It's about having, you know, a husband to come home to at the end of the night. It's about having, you know, beautiful kids that will continue your legacy after you die. And I think something that we have just put to shame is stay-at-home moms and um, just younger moms in general. People want to start families and that's frowned upon. And we're told that we can't have a career and we can't have a family. We have to choose one. But in reality, there are so many successful women who have families and who just are super career-driven, but also set those boundaries to where they can also take care of their kids. They can be a good mother. They can be a good wife. Because I feel like a lot of these women who are just like, no, like, I'm just going to focus on me. It's all about me, like self-care on myself, no one else, and only have their self at heart and their self at mind. They're so lonely once they get to the top. And that's why we see so many older women in their, I mean, not older women, but women in their late 30s, early 40s, just still single. They are depressed. They struggle with a lot of anxiety. They're very insecure about themselves because they never found, you know, where they should fit in. They never found that validation of, you know, like going home to a loving husband and loving kids and just like having someone there when they who can share their success with two points in there that I really want to emphasize. The first one, you said that sometimes feminism will tell a woman that she has to choose. And of course you and I both know that they want you to choose a career over choosing a family. They, they, in fact, they shame women and they tell them that they're oppressed if a woman chooses as a family. And I'm a firm believer. And I think you'll agree with this too, that we have a culture now, our Western culture, our Christian culture has created amazing things like we have the internet we have online advertising we have um services that you can do from your computer now that we have computers and phones there are so many ways that a woman can still make money and still grow a family whether that's inside the home outside the home we have created technology to where we can do things efficiently and quickly and so not only do we have to worry about our basic survival, our, our survivalist needs, but what we can do is actually start to develop like real life jobs that aren't maybe a nine to five job. And so that is an excellent thing that women can actually do both. We don't have to just stay at home or just pick a career. We can do both and we can do both well, and we can do both to the fullness of our spirit. And the second thing um, I want to, I want to kind of go into was the idea of like how it's overshadowed women. And I think that is so true. It has totally redefined what it even means to be a woman. And it's really hurt women in so many ways because it's taking away the natural inclinations that they have. Women want to go home and see that there's a husband there, a family there that love her. She wants to take care of them. Women, I do believe are naturally more sacrificial than men. Absolutely. Like sacrificially loving, right? We'll go to extreme measures to make sure our family's happy, their needs are taken care of. Like you have never seen a girl, like a conservative girl in love with her conservative husband. Um, let me tell you. But they're so beautiful in the way that women and especially Christian conservative women put themselves last to care for their family. But in turn, that's somehow denying themselves, yes, 
but also refilling yourself at the same time because feminists have created this culture of selfishness, self-absorption, and they are so miserable because they are constantly focusing on themselves. There's no release to love someone else. And so feminism, of course, it's hurt women in so many ways, and that's an endless conversation that we could have. But how has feminism hurt men? I feel like we almost invalidate men now. We make them feel less masculine and less manly because you know, the fight with feminism began with equality. And then from then it's an equal opportunity. And now it has just taken off into something that it never was supposed to do. It was not ever about, you know, making the female better than the male, because that is so not true. Not saying that, you know, everyone that there is one gender over another gender, but there should always be equal opportunity. Even though like, you know, some jobs were made for women, women were we, we were by like our nature is to have kids like that is something that God made us for our nature is to have kids our nature is to be nurturing like you mentioned and that is not on the men and I feel like a lot of women will start to push that oh you need to be a stay-at-home dad oh you need to do this because that's too that's masculine toxic like your your masculinity is too toxic for me and in reality I feel like we're softening our men and they're not as masculine as they used to be. They're not being the man of the house. But also we point them out as the evil one. Like a lot of um, modern day feminists will be like, oh, well, you know, it's all of it's all the man's fault. It's the man's fault that I don't have this job, that I don't have this opportunity. It's like men are all evil and we should never associate with them. And that's so not true. If you really want that job and if you really want that opportunity, you can go fight for it. You can make your case. It is not about you know, oh, like, this is sexist. This is, this is totally against women. No, that's not the the case that we're painting. This is not the picture that we're painting. Yes, I literally could not agree with that more. And it's really interesting that you bring up how we are feminizing our men. And you're right, they're getting weaker. And in fact, testosterone levels over the last two decades have actually decreased significantly. Absolutely. Because I don't want to marry a feminine male. I want to marry someone that who will protect my family that will, you know, be the man of the household that will lead in a great example for my son. I don't want my right. man to and be soft. And women instinctually, we are the sexual selectors, right? We are the top of the food chain when it comes to who is choosing um, who to pursue as a mate, right? Women are the gatekeepers to sex. Men are typically the gatekeepers to a full relationship. And we need to use that power and that discernment wisely. And a right, you're right. A woman would never go, a true woman would never go for a man that she is stronger than, who she can, you know, be more emotionally stable for. She's never going to want to naturally be that protector because that's a natural thing. She wants to be protected. She wants to be loved. That is a very biological thing that is ingrained literally in a woman's like DNA, her biological makeup. And feminism is telling and commanding that women reject that. And so really feminism has turned into a rejection of reality or an inversion of reality, if you will. But then the next question becomes, right, obviously you and I are not men, and I don't think either of us wish to be men because I enjoy being a woman. Absolutely not. I love being a woman. Being a woman <laughs> I is love amazing. Things. I love pageants, makeup, all of it, and I'm so glad that we have those things. Um, but the question becomes, how can we 
as conservative Christian women, what can we do to fight against this radical feminist narrative? I think a lot of it just roots back to the Bible and roots back to our traditional roots, like being strong in our faith, knowing, you know, what we were made for, what we were created for, what plan God has for us. And not only that, knowing that, you know, we were made to have babies, we were made to be, you know, nurturing and loving and like have all of those characteristics that guys don't usually have. We need to really rely on those and emphasize those because that is what makes us, you know, a true woman. And I believe that woman now, you know, the modern woman is intelligent. She is beautiful on the inside and outside. She is kind. She is nurturing. She's compassionate. She is all of these amazing things. But now she also can be successful. She's given the opportunities to, if she chooses to take them, but if not, she can be even successful as a mom. And I think it's so sad that society just frowns upon people who want to stay at home and be a mom, people who want just to pursue like the more family driven path. And you can even see it in the workplace with um, women asking for maternity leave and how a lot of them have been fired for asking for maternity leave. And a lot of males now can ask for maternity leave, which I think is kind of weird, but that's just... That's just my personal opinion on that. But I think we need to focus a little bit more on, you know, women, if you want to be in the workforce, like you have to work for it too. Like it's not going to be given to you just because you are a woman, you know, there's, there's so many equal opportunities. And I think the whole, if you want to be, you know, a modern woman, you have to be like, yes, you want to see more equality, but you also need to know your place in society. And that's the only way we're really going to heal anything. And so women, of course, yeah, it comes with weakness and the over-feminization of men when we just assume and we, we assume this posture of entitlement where, well, of course we're going to get hired because we're a woman. No, you can't rely on your biological factors to coast you through. Because if you ask for maternity leave, obviously your male counterparts in your same position are going to get however long you've asked off all of that time to develop their skills, get promoted and move on. But you can't think that the system is sexist because they had time to hone their skills and move on and move up the ladder. You can't be bitter about that. And in fact, you should be thankful that you are able to have this maternity leave, have children, bring children into the world, because that's such a beautiful blessing. And so I actually have one more question for you, Haley. You, in 2020, you won the pageant title of Miss High School America. Um, and it says you, you traveled 23 different states sharing ant your anti-bullying book. How has pageantry empowered you as a girl? So growing up, I'll share a little bit of my personal testimony. I was five foot ten in sixth grade. I had a severe speech impediment, so I sounded like a five-year-old. Um, I couldn't pronounce my R's. I had a lisp. I had a stutter. I was super... I was not confident in myself. I had no self-esteem and everyone around me, like I was the punching bag of my middle school. And so pageants gave me the platform to be the girl who was different, but to also be the girl who had a vision. And I've been able to share Shine Your Light, which has been my personal anti-bullying platform since seventh grade. And I've spoken to over 15,000 students. I've spoken all over the United States in 23 different states, as well as the beautiful country of Guam. Um, that was actually my first speech as Miss High School America. And that was that was probably the most impactful thing I've ever done. But I also had the opportunity in March to host a national conference where I had five guest speakers come in where we could talk about the importance of living a healthy lifestyle, the importance of nutrition, the importance of how to present yourself in front of a room, how to interview for something you want, but also, you know, how to be a modern woman. And that's all 
I'm very passionate about as being, you can be beautiful, you can be intelligent, you can have it all, you can have a family, you can have a job, you can be successful. And I had speakers that reflected that. And every girl left with sponsored gifts and just so much more knowledge. And it just, that's what I love to do is I love to take this position that I've been given through pageantry to empower others because I would not have become the strong, confident, independent young woman I am today if it wasn't for pageantry giving me that push, if it wasn't for them giving me a stage to share my beliefs, to share my passions, and just to inspire others in every way I can. And so I'm super excited. I have some really big pageant announcements coming up soon. So well, we'll stay tuned. Thank you, Haley. This was a super insightful episode. And I think girls need to see other girls who are shining their light, like your book is called, and really feeling beautiful, feeling confident, striving for excellence in the way that they look and everything that they do. And pageants also need to stay for just the girlies. And, Absolutely. Uh, Could not agree more. My line to that. I would just say for any woman watching, just be very cautious about what you say and how you say it, as well as, you know, how you go about being a modern woman in today's society. Just make sure that you're not trying to put others down or to try to launch yourself forward because at the end of the day, you're going to be really regretful of that decision and you're going to look back and you're going to be like, what was the point of that? What was the point of my life so far if I wasn't kind, if I wasn't compassionate, if I didn't start a family? So really just take a step back and think and reflect about your actions. But thank you so much, Lily, for having me on. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Mm -hmm.